This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and I am here with John Gillespie. He is president of the Wine Market Council. It's a nonprofit organization that gathers information on wine drinkers, beer, and spirits uh, so that the industry and consumers know a little bit about what's going on and what's being consumed. He's been in the industry for more than 30 years as a wine journalist, also has a company called Wine Opinions, and so he has his I guess, finger on the pulse of the wine industry. John, thank you for joining us. Well, thanks very much for having me here. It's really a pleasure um, to be talking about uh, the U.S. wine market today because it has been almost exactly 20 years since Wine Market Council conducted its first study of U.S. wine drinkers. And the transformation of the wine market in that period of time has been phenomenal. So today, there are 230 million U.S. adults of them, 101 million are people who drink wine. And, and that proportion of wine drinkers is dramatically increased over this 20-year period. So what we've seen as we've gone through the last couple of decades is more people drinking more wine more often. I love that. That's very good for me, for the show, and for all of us in the industry. But uh, of this 101 million, you make a really important distinction of those people who are consuming wine. And there are three main categories that you're really talking about. So give us an idea of the occasional wine drinker, the high frequency, and the daily wine drinker. How does that all break out of the 101 million people? Well, actually, the, the daily, the people who drink wine on average daily, and the people who drink wine on average several times a week together make up the high frequency wine drinker segment so that's 34% of all wine drinkers are high frequency the other 66% are occasional and occasional is a i think a really good term to define them because it refers not only to the general frequency of their consumption but it refers to the fact that these are people who drink wine mainly on special occasions whereas the high frequency group are people for whom wine is just a part of their life. It's part of who they are, it's part of how they entertain, it's part of how they dine, it's part of how they, they, they cook together in the kitchen, make their meals, and, and, and wine is an ingrained part of their, of, of their daily lives. And certainly it is for me, and as wine becomes more of our culture, I would think we would see those segments on the rise in this country more, you know, not certainly like Europe, but as, as it becomes more mainstream, have we seen an increase of that from year to year? Yes, if we were to look back 20 years, we would see the, the percentage of wine drinkers who are either daily wine drinkers or several times a week wine drinkers increase dramatically. And, you know, in terms of comparisons to Europe, which is a, an easy thing to do, you know, we could look at the figures and say, well, there's still Europeans on average drink much more wine annually uh, per person than, uh, than Americans do. But the trend line is that over the past 10 years, Americans uh, consumers are drinking more wine every year and European consumers are declining their consumption. So you really have to consider those two factors. Mm-hmm. And that's why our marketplace is so important to wine producers all over the world because we are increasing in consumption whereas in Europe it's decreasing. So they're looking for a place to sell their wine and I guess the U.S. is a great place to be. Well, you know, that's certainly true. It was only uh, a year ago when uh, the U.S. became the largest wine market in the world by volume. Now, by value, the U.S. has been the most important wine market in the world for probably close to a decade. But now there's actually more wine uh, uh, sold, purchased, and consumed in the U.S. 
than any other country in the world. And of course that has the attention of winemakers and wine marketers all over the world, all of whom really want to be present, present here in the U.S. market. And in the study, which you released the study findings yesterday here in New York at a great event that you put on at uh, the MoMA uh, Museum, and you focus on some segment of that market called the high-end wine drinker. Now, define for me what the high-end wine drinker is. Well, it's really the high-end wine buyer, but of course they drink the wines they buy. So so if, if, if we were to look... Um, just at this group of uh, roughly 34 million high-frequency wine drinkers, one in three happens to be someone of whom this is true. They buy wines at retail costing more than $20 a bottle, either monthly or more often. So you've got about one out of three of this high-frequency wine drinker group that are the people that are really driving the high-end of the wine market. And that's really important, of course, to wine producers and wine marketers to understand that not all wine drinkers are alike. There are a lot of high-frequency wine drinkers that drink mainly, if not only, box wines. There are many uh, uh, high-frequency wine drinkers that are bargain bottle shoppers and, and almost never pay more than $20 a bottle. But there is, in fact, this quite interesting segment of, of, of roughly one in three uh, high-frequency wine drinkers who are driving the high-end wine sales. We'll be back with John Gillespie of the Wine Market Council on The Sipping Point. All right, we're back with John Gillespie of the Wine Market Council. The generational gap or the different generations are different in uh, how the wine companies are looking at us and what's going on. Um, I happen to be a Gen Xer, and we're kind of, uh, I don't know if anybody pays a lot of attention to us. There's only 44 million Gen Xers, but when you look at millennials, which are you know folks who are from 20 to 37 right now, that's 70 million, um, not as big as the baby boomers at 77, but give me a characteristic of what we might expect from a baby boomer wine, uh, you know, a wine person out there shopping and what the wine companies are looking to target for the boomer. Sure. Baby boomers are still responsible for the, 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 by far the greatest share of dollars spent on wine annually. So their consumption per capita isn't necessarily any greater than the consumption of Gen Xers or millennials, but they're buying wine more frequently. They're spending more money on wine. Gen X is, to me, very interesting and quite overlooked because, as you point out, it's a smaller generation squeezed in between two larger generations. In their 20s, Gen Xers largely ignored wine and are coming what you might think of as being late to the table in terms of wine consumption in their middle 30s and late 30s and early 40s. But having said that, they are really responsible for a very significant portion of not only overall total wine sales, but of high-end wine sales. Now, millennials, as you rightly point out, 70 million of them, almost all of them are legal drinking age. There's about 4.5 million who won't be legal drinking age for another year. And what's, what's interesting about them is they are they're world curious. They tend to drink more imported wine than the older generations. They're always open to trying something new. Uh, and they drink across all the price segments. So they do buy lots of wines over 20. They do buy lots of bargain bottles. And so, you know, as a very a large group that will be with us in the market for, for you know, decades to come, uh, you know, we can see that the market is going in the direction where they lead. 
And I love that segue you talk about imported wines and some really interesting statistics here about the countries that are doing really well importing their wines and being successful here in the U.S. And uh, kind of fits a lot of my taste profile of what I enjoy. So what are the top uh, countries as far as imported wine and what we are enjoying here in the U.S.? Well, um, you know, in the the Wine Market Council uh, annual survey, we asked people if in the past three months they have purchased a wine from any one of 11 countries. And the top countries are Italy, uh, France, uh, Australia, and uh, and Spain. Um, Italy and France together are are really, I think, significantly uh, more often chosen than, than the other countries. But if we were to look over, say, the last 10 years, Spain came from out of virtually nowhere, to a to a to a really solid fourth place and a, and a really prominent part of, uh, of of what U.S. wine drinkers are drinking when they choose imported wine. Mm-hmm. And baby boomers, of course, uh, definitely uh, skew towards buying domestic wines, as do a lot of the Gen Xers, and. We often think of California as really the only name in the game, and they are huge as you know when it comes to the wine. But there's a few other states that are are pretty important as well. Uh, one of them being Virginia, which is not too far from where we broadcast in Baltimore, Maryland. But uh, tell me about the other three states right behind California, and how that correlates to some of what the high end wine buyers are doing. Well, you have right behind California, and of course California is ahead in, in, in frequency of purchase by a wide, wide, wide margin. But you have significant frequency of purchase for wines from Washington, Oregon, and, and New York State. And if we were to look only at the people who buy wines costing $20 or more monthly or more often, we would see an even greater skew towards Washington, Oregon, and New York. But I think you made a good point in your introduction in that, you know, we, we should take note of the fact that there is at least one winery in every one of the 50 states. And when we ask uh, U.S. wine drinkers whether or not they've ever tasted a wine made in their state, two-thirds of them say yes. So there's an increasing interest in all things local, and that certainly extends to wine. And I think Virginia, as you cited, is a very good example of that because the quality of the wines from Virginia has been increasing markedly over the last five or ten years. They're gaining some national prominence, and that's being driven not only by people who live in or around Virginia or the D.C. area, but also by the fact that sommeliers and wine buyers across the country are seeing some of these uh, stellar wines that are, that are coming from this region, as well as others like Michigan uh, Rieslings, for example, mm-hmm. um, and are saying, you know, there's a place on my wine list or there's a place in my store for these wines. And I think that's a tremendously positive step for for the wine industry because uh, I think we need to, 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 to acknowledge that there are many fine places to, to grow wine grapes and to make wines uh, from coast to coast. Right. I love that. And, you know, everybody's interested in locally sourced food and, and wine is coming on strong too. So it seems like a trend uh, that's not going to stop. So we literally have been doing this interview on the street in Manhattan, and this is exciting. <laughs> I think this is a first ever for the Sipping Point, John, and so you've been a great sport to be uh, braving a little bit of this cold weather with me, talking about this, what I think are fascinating statistics. But if consumers want to visit the website of the Wine Market Council, where should they go and what resources are there for them? Sure. Uh, anyone can go to winemarketcouncil.com. And um, there's a tab for research that can be clicked. There's a tab for uh, background information and more information that can be clicked. There's a tab for media inquiries. So, you know, I would encourage anyone who's interested in this whole um, 
a series of research initiatives and, and where the U.S. wine market is going to, to take a look and, uh, and check it out. Great. Well, thank you so much. And I know me, along with my listeners, are so excited to know that we're now high-frequency wine drinkers. We have that label. So I like the way that sounds. It sounds better than wino or something else. So thank you for spending time with me, and we really appreciate you being on The Sipping Point. Well, it was great to be with you, and uh, uh, cheers. and Cheers to you. Happy days.